0: Welcome into to the spring sports season premiere of this week in Wyoming Cowboys Athletics here on wyomingathletics.org. My name is Jason Griefer. Once again, we are joined by Wyoming Assistant Athletic Director Jeff King. Uh, Jeff, good to be back here with you on the podcast once again. A lot of things been going on since we last talked, and obviously a lot we're going to discuss today is going to involve the uh, the spring sports uh, season. But a couple of a bit of news and notes uh, since we last talked. Uh, one of those actually just broke in the last really 48 hours uh, from now, on, we're recording this on Tuesday, April the 6th, and and that is that you're now on the search for a new girls basketball head coach, uh, Jermaine Isaac, uh, leaving after one season to take over the boys' job up at Wilmington, where he has a long history there. So we're now going to be on our third head coach in three years. Uh, we don't need to go into all the background details of that. I'm just wondering, with this news being so fresh and and we're just really getting going here, where do you and Jan Wilkins begin this process of uh, finding Coach Isaac's successor.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, and it's going to be tough. Well, obviously, we wish Jermaine nothing but the best and um, totally understand the decision to go home to Wilmington. I'm sure he'll have a great career there and, um, you know, ho- hopefully he has a lot of success with the boys' team up in Wilmington. But for our search, um, we, we have a program that he left, a, I think, building a, a great hopefully legacy kind of behind him, even with that one year where it, right now we're in the very preliminary stages, but we're wanting to find someone that can kind of piggyback off of the success that he had last season with those girls, knowing that we're making a lot of great culture changes. And, um, you know, we're excited to see who, who we get to talk to and kind of go from there and um, obviously bring in someone great.
0: And since this Since this just came about, this job has just been freshly posted uh, just this week there. For any potential candidates out there right now that may be interested in the job and maybe listen or watch this podcast, uh, what's the best way to get in contact with, with yourself and Jan Wilkin to try and get that ball rolling? Yeah, they
1: can um email me directly right at uh King J at Wyoming Sports. I mean sorry, Wyoming City Schools.org. Kings King J at Wyoming City Schools.org. Shoot over, shoot me over the resume, their interest letter, and um you know, we'll, we'll get the ball rolling and hopefully we talk to some really great, uh, highly qualified candidates.
0: And uh hopefully as we go along here during the spring, we can uh give an introduction to that new head coach, whomever it may be at that point, but still just beginning this process. So uh we'll see we'll see how quickly that goes. Uh, in the next few weeks. Other one, other bit of information, we said we would talk about at the end of the winter sports season, if, uh, one, if we were able to bring home a state championship, uh, correctly predicted by uh, uh, Jeff King that uh, Grace Courtney would indeed close the deal at the uh, diving state championships after finishing second uh, the season before. She goes ahead and seals the deal and wins the state title, so hats off to you, sir, for correctly predicting that. <laughs> Uh, that one i don't know how much of a stretch it was to make that proclamation um yeah, but nevertheless I, yeah go ahead i was gonna say she,
1: she she didn't make it too hard on me to make a prediction that's for sure so <laughs> yeah
0: she took took care of it so took care of the deal and brought the state title back to wyoming so uh, number one uh I, two parts to my question here for you number one how much credit are you taking for the state championship and uh, number two, in recalling back to when she clinched it and knew she, she clinched the title, uh, what was her reaction and emotion afterward?
1: So, number one, I, I can't take any credit there, that's for sure, especially because from a coaching standpoint, diving would not be my forte of coaching. That's that's uh, a <laughs> that, that's definitely true. And I mean, that, that's hats off to her and Coach Karn. I mean, um, I mean, she just worked so hard all year. And like like we just said, she, she didn't make making that prediction very tough. And she was so excited. Um, her family was so excited. And we were all just ecstatic here. Anytime you get a state championship. I mean, it's, it's just phenomenal. And she, she has one more year to hopefully go back and, and defend her state title. So we're, we're so excited for her and really the whole swim and dive team. They really had a great showing this year.
0: I know you won't say it because you're an administrator there and you have to kind of mind your P's and Q's and so much as you can, but I'll just go ahead and say good luck to the rest of the state of Ohio because she has one more year to get better. I'll say it. You don't have to because I understand you, you have to you got to you got to you got to be a little more careful there than I do since you're there in the halls of Wyoming High School uh, every day. With that said, now let's get into the, the meat of our show here today. Let's talk about the uh, spring sports season and uh, let's start with your uh, baseball team uh, getting things going. Uh, here, uh, just a couple games under their belts uh, thus far, uh, right now. Win the opener against New Richmond, nine to five. And uh, most recently, this past Monday against Redding, uh, winning the game four to nothing. That's not really the big story here. Yes, we love getting a win, but um, the bigger story is that Brennan Pagan just doesn't stop doing really good things on the field. We saw what he did back in the fall in taking over as quarterback of the football team for Evan Prater. And apparently that arm just does not get tired because he just went out and fired a no-no against Redding. uh, Struck out eight uh, in the game on top of not giving up a hit. I think he walked a couple there. That's no big deal, though, because none of them crossed the plate. Uh, What can you tell us about this particular no-hitter from Brennan and what it can do for the whole team going forward? Because it's a really, really good way to get yourself set up for league play.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, from a team standpoint, it, it came after a tough loss on Saturday to Fairfield, a really good baseball team, um, a game that, you know, we we had that kind of like under our control for a little bit there. But then to come back Monday Monday night, the no-hitter, going in the league play, you know, it, it's definitely something that's a big, confident boost for us. Not being able to play last year when we knew how much talent we had on the, on the roster last year. We still have a ton of talent this year, obviously, now, you know, headlined by Brett and Pagan last night. We, we talk a lot on this podcast about student-athletes that are continually, continually raising the bar, setting big legacies, and he's another one. So it, for all student-athletes coming up, he continues to set the bar higher and higher, and we, we couldn't be more impressed with him as a student-athlete, as a leader. But really that baseball team can kind of now take that win, take that performance, and really hopefully piggyback off of that to set us up for some great success in league play and you know throughout our, our non-league schedule.
0: Yeah, some really good non-league teams on there. You mentioned Fairfield or New Richmond, you got Bishop Watterson coming up, uh, Batavia, Lakota East uh, down the road. How much of that is by design to try and get that really good non-conference schedule and mixed in with what's traditionally a very good CHL?
1: Yeah, it's really all by design. It's really, you know, there, there's a big purpose behind that because we want to be able to face really tough competition so that when we get to the tournament and we know we're going to be facing even tougher competition that hopefully we can be ready for it. So that's something where th- across all of our sports, we kind of have been beginning to strive to find really tough non-conference opponents um, to make sure that we're ready come a come, come, uh, tournament time, knowing that we're going to play a lot of tough teams in our own league as well. So it's something that we like, a really tough regular season schedule, and uh, we see hopefully it pays off come tournament time.
0: Kind of a similar story with the softball team as far as the non-conference goes. You, you drop your first two games of the year, but those are to Seton and to Middletown. Again, two very good uh, non-conference teams. You come back, follow up the very next day last week with a nice 8-2 to win over Roger Bacon, and that really sets the stage for a league play this past Monday where, like the baseball team, the softball team, plays Redding and Naomi Evans goes out and fires a three hitter and a shutout and you you win that one uh, 10 to nothing you're going to get Redding coming up here again later this week this has been a a league the last number of years that's been dominated by Taylor they have been the standard bearer for the last three seasons that we've had obviously we didn't have a season a year ago but and and they're off to a a a nice start in league play they beat Marymont 25 nothing to start league play. That's a heck of a message to send to the rest of the league. But nevertheless, pretty good message from your team uh, as well. How are they feeling about their chances, given the fact that they didn't have a season last year and now moving into this year to possibly contend and challenge Taylor for that league title? I think they're feeling really good.
1: I've talked to the coaches over the past couple of weeks and and knowing that we started off with those two really tough non-conference games and then a really tough Roger Bacon team to go ahead and get that win as well. And back to back to back days. You know, I'm so proud of that softball team because they had a tough coming into the season just with field conditions and weather and everything. We had a tough time getting them really on the softball field to get them prepared to play for, you know, for their season opener. So that season opener was one of the first times that they were actually on a softball field after practices. So I'm so proud of them from the way that they were able to adapt and um, get going we feel great about the way we're playing right now going into league play and like you said hopefully we can challenge for that top spot
0: and looking back do you think maybe those first two games were in a sense a way to kind of knock off the rust because they've not been able to get out on the field because mother nature has just not been very friendly up until really this week
1: yeah really and it's kind of like you know going back to the baseball talk we just had with the non-conference schedule Seaton and Middletown, it's tough to find two tougher teams right there to open back-to-back, and then obviously with Roger Bacon as well. So um, definitely great games to knock off the rust, but then find out you know how good we really are playing really tough competition and then continue to get better as now we get into league play.
0: Let's switch gears and let's talk about your uh, lacrosse team. And uh, obviously the, the bulk of their work is going to be in the non-conference with, with not a full slate of teams in this in in girls lacrosse, in the CHL, supporting the team at the varsity level uh, anyway. But nevertheless, uh, two really nice wins to start the season. You demolish Mercy McCauley 17-2 to in the opener. And then this past Saturday, you've got to win a barn burner against Walnut Hills. You get a late goal with the last couple of minutes and beat Walnut Hills 5-4. to So you're off to a 2-0 start. You've got CCD, Oakwood, Kings, Ursuline coming up. Very few days off, as it is for all spring sport. Athletes right now. But one player I want to talk about in particular is your goalie, freshman Ainsley Banken. Leads the league with 13 saves thus far through two matches and most importantly only allowed six to get by her. But again, she's just a freshman going in and being thrown into the fire with this non-conference schedule that that, that they the team has to deal with. Uh, how impressive has it been for you, at least through a couple of games, to see her come in not only come in as a freshman and compete on the varsity level, and then also hold both teams to four goals or less.
1: It's been super impressive to watch, and just another athlete we're so proud of. She started to put in the work way before this season and the off season, coming to lifting, coming to conditioning, and all that. And she's already turning into a leader as just a you know a freshman, especially in that goalie spot. You know, you you, you watch the cross games, and after the game, they always go and shoot right back for right you know everyone runs to their goalie to celebrate the win and there's a reason for that and for her to come up as a freshman and take that spot and perform the way that she has and the way that that team you know has really performed that was such an exciting game that we had on Saturday we're so proud of her and excited to see what you know her career brings
0: for us are you are you or she surprised at this early success she's had Or is it an instance of maybe a little bit of youthful exuberance to where maybe she doesn't know she's not supposed to be this good at this young of an age?
1: You know, I, I think it's really, she's very confident back there. And I I think she knows that she had the ability to do it. And, um, our coaches are getting her ready the seniors and the junior leadership that we have on that team is really good. And, um, they've continued to work together and build her up. And, and I, I think that she just feels confident in that goalie position, and she knows though that there's still work to be done. There's a lot of ways to get better. And the thing about it is, she's the type of athlete that will continue to work to get better every single day.
0: Just a freshman, folks. Keep that in mind <laughs> uh, as we not only talk this season, but also how how she progresses uh, beyond this season. Let's switch over to the boys' side and a uh, a bit more of a roller coaster start, I, I would say, to the season for the boys. You know, a couple of weeks back, you start the season against Taylor, winning that game 14 to two. And then get a little bit of a break there, and at the end of March, really have it taken to you by uh, Anderson and Marymont, and uh, losing those games by a combined score of twenty-eight to four. So again, you've seen now they've gotten experience of both ends of the spectrum: how to win big, and unfortunately, taking a couple really tough on the chin. You've got Indian Hill this week, Turpin coming up, Little Miami coming up uh, next Monday there. It's a very experienced squad, a lot of upperclassmen on this squad. So, you know, presumably some guys who have had experience at this level before. Uh, Given the fact that you're coming off those types of results that you have, the two big losses, uh, how does Coach Gordon expecting the team to respond starting this week and in particular with Indian Hill and league play? I know that we
1: need to respond and come out and, you know, make a statement of saying that, look, we got those two games. Now, Anderson and Marymount, two really, really tough teams. So coming out and get those games out early um, and really challenging us, we know that we got to get better in certain areas, and we've continued to prepare for that. So hopefully, you know, tomorrow night against a really tough Indian Hill team going into more league play, it's 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 going to be tough to keep doing that um, and to really come off, off of those two big losses but put them behind you have a short memory about it know that we have the talent we have the upperclassmen we have the leadership and then build around each other and I think coach Gordon um, he's getting those guys ready to go out and put the best performance that we can tomorrow night
0: one of the things that strikes me in, in looking at the way the spring sports season is set up is that there are a lot of games a lot of meets and a lot of matches in a very very short period of time there'll be you know sometimes five six even seven games in, in one week span. Uh, you've you've played, you know, you've played your share, fair share of athletics in, in, in your in your playing days. You played big time college football uh, as well, where you're playing one day a week, and you've got all the time in between that to prepare, to study, to game plan, all that type of things. And when sometimes I'm sure when a, you take a big loss like that, it has a tendency to linger and can kind of affect your way in preparation. Maybe it goes into the following week. Maybe not individually, but as a team. I'm wondering. Given that there are so few days off here and so little time to think about results like this, can it wind up being a benefit to the team that you have another game coming up right on the horizon that we don't have time to sit here and sulk and, and mope about this big loss that we have to turn it around immediately because we have another game within a day or two?
1: Yeah, I mean, it needs to be a benefit and it needs to be, like I said, I think really good athletes a lot of times can tend to have short, they need to have short memories, meaning move past it, it's in the past and kind of move forward knowing that we can continue to get better and that we have another chance very quickly coming up. So that's really good for spring sports. You know, it, it, what have you done for me lately? For sure, is a big thing in spring sports. Meaning, every time that every week you might get two to three chances to kind of bounce back. So hopefully they know that, and I know that I know that they're preparing for it.
0: And um, we look forward to seeing how we do against tomorrow, against any Hill tomorrow night. We'll be keeping an eye on that and talking about it next week on the show. Let's change gears. Let's move on to the tennis courts and uh, tennis teams. Really going to get things ramped up uh, this coming week. Harrison, Lakota West, and you've got Summit next Monday, uh, Marymont. Uh, next Tuesday, this is a league that has, as far as boys tennis goes, has, for lack of a better phrase, been the Indian Hill Invitational. Uh, mm-hmm. Looking at the way the, the league of the, the history of the league has gone since 1986, Indian Hill has won it every year except two. Wyoming has won the other two. That's at least something to hang your hat on. There, you've been able to from them twice. But nevertheless, everybody knows that Indian Hill is the odds-on favorite to to win the league each year. I'm wondering, as we're getting going here and really starting to ramp up the season now with a lot of matches again coming in the, you know, nine matches coming in the next 15 days, how are you feeling and how are the coaches feeling about the offseason training of this team? And is there a name or two to keep an eye on, especially early in the season?
1: I would really kind of, as a whole team, Coach Tanner has really started to take the approach. He he did some camps early on in the year um, and really has tried to build this team up knowing that we need to challenge that top spot at Indian Hill Um, and someone needs to step up. And I I think that there's definitely a group of kids that can kind of step up and, and take control there. We do have some really good young talent on the tennis team which is good for our future, and hopefully um, we can start to string along some, uh, some league titles against Indian Hill. That would be kind of a, a big goal there for us. But one day at a time, um, you know, we have a tough week coming up with Harrison and Lakota West. So we'll see what we can do with those two and then go and get in the league play and how we can uh, challenge Indian Hill for that top spot.
0: We also here at ESP Media do a uh, AD podcast with Indian Hill and, and talking to their athletic director, Brian Phelps, he was basically mentioning and talking about tennis that not only a league championship, but also a state championship is not just a goal, it's an expectation. And, and obviously a lot of teams will have that. Your team, your football team, I know in particular, is, is has that mindset as well. I'm wondering, though, with that, knowing the history and lineage of Indian Hills tennis, How much of an actual benefit it can be to you and your team knowing that you are seeing every single year perennially one of the best teams in the state and how good of a preparation it can be for you to get into the postseason when you get matched up with teams and players get matched up one on one knowing I've seen better potentially at Indian Hill. Can that actually be a benefit for your team long term?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of the same way that we like to have a tough non-conference schedule. Well, a lot of times we have a really tough conference schedule as well, where in boys tennis, we'll see Indian Hill. Um, and that provides us really good preparation for the tournament. But we also need to start to climb that hill. You know what I mean? No pun intended. <laughs> we, we, sure. we, need, we need to start, start hopefully competing against them and compete for league titles. And we want to have be a type of program where, just like you said, with Brian over there at Indian Hill, a state title is not a goal. It's, you know, it, it's something that we st- Really think should happen every year. That's what we're looking for, and I think Coach Danner's doing a really good job starting to prepare those guys for really good success this season.
0: Build those blocks, and then work, and then work your way on up there. And uh, you know, you never know; anything can happen on any given day. So yep. uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, eventually, uh, when that when that meeting with Indian Hill comes, it's not going to be until April 27th as of now. But nevertheless, we'll keep an eye on the progress as we go along here. Uh, during the tennis season as we go along here on the podcast let's switch gears let's move on to the track and uh, let's start with the uh, boys track and field they're really good showing at the skyline open last week uh, a big week this week with the madeira the madeira invite and then also the coaches classic uh, over the weekend there uh, some really strong performances i'll highlight them and then i'll get your thoughts on them uh, after nathan glisten right now lead the chl in the 100 as far as time goes, he's second in the two hundred. Sam Prangley was but third right now in both those distances. Freshman Andrew Burns leads the CHL in the 3,200-meter run, which I don't even know how long that is, but it's way too long for me to fathom running, let alone driving. I don't know about you. But uh, he leads the CHL in that area by over a minute over another Wyoming freshman, Owen Bailey. So you have the two best runners at the 3,200 there. And then you also have Joel Allen leads the league in both the discus and the shot put, both by at least four feet. So there's a huge gap there. I'm looking at this, and it almost likens in my mind, because it's more fresh in my mind, to what you had with your wrestling team. There is so much depth across so many different disciplines here in in track and field. And coming across from guys that are not only upperclassmen, but also the freshmen as well, uh, what have you made what did you make of their performances across all these different disciplines, and how can that carry them into this week with Madeira and then the Coaches Classic?
1: We were so excited about it. You know, Coach Schapker, um, which would – he, he always sends me different results that we have, either wh- whether it's through practice or in, in that in that first meet and everything, and just the performances that that we are having. Just like he said with our wrestling team, we really want to be able to compete against anybody in, in that first meet at Elder. You know, you, you look at the leaderboards. You have Saint you have Elder, uh, really big other schools that we're competing and continually on the top of those leaderboards, near the top of the leaderboards. So going into the league league uh, competition, we feel really good about it, but. It's a type of you know mentality where we don't want just league championships. We want to see how far we can go in the tournament. We want people competing for state titles, getting on podiums at the regional meets, getting on podiums at the state meet.
0: A really good start to the season. And trying to get back to an era of just a few years ago where you won five straight uh, league championships. And that's not too far in the past either. And I think it's something that you know these student-athletes keep in mind there. They're not that far removed from that level of success girls track team has won some league championships in the past it's been a few years indian hill is kind of at the top right now there's that hill to climb once again credit to you for that one but a uh, really strong starts from them and the four young ladies i want to talk about here right now going into this week are near or at the top of the leaderboard in all these different disciplines and I'll go through some of them, and I'll give you the caveat here that really just blew me away in, in looking at the results here. Addie Hamilton is in the top five of the CHL in both the pole vault and the long jump. Zoe Cook is number two in the 100, number four in the 200. Anna Zimmerly is fourth in the high jump. Zoe Mayberry is sixth in the 200 and leads the CHL right now in the long jump and the pole vault. Really impressive from all four of them. The more impressive thing is they're all freshmen, all four of them. You have an incredibly balanced squad of both youth and upperclassmen. There are a number of juniors and seniors that are peppering the leaderboard in the CHL early in the season. But I'm wondering with these four in particular doing what they did in the the opening stages of the season, how does your coaching staff even begin to try to get this much production from all these freshmen so early?
1: They've really just bought in, and they work. They work so hard together at practice. Um, I think they know that you know they've had all they've had success in other sports, just as tr- being true freshmen as well. And they know that the potential there as we go through their high school career over the next four years. We have a track team, both on the girl side and the boys' side. We want to see a lot of records fall on, on, on our record boards. Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of really good chances to do it. Our coaches are doing a really good job preparing them, just as a team, and it's really. You know, whether you're a freshman, senior, whatever, we're going to compete against each other at practice. The best play, best people are going to compete at the meets, and we're seeing what's coming up. We have a lot of great, great young talent to be excited about.
0: Before we started recording and, and kind of getting, I wanted to get some more fine details about this little about the performance from this segment in our show. Uh, you were without hesitation told me Zoe Mayberry is projecting to have a huge career at Wyoming High School across all different kinds of disciplines. Why was that so quick to come to mind for you? And what is it that stands out about Zoe, even as a freshman, that makes you believe she has a huge future in front of her? You know,
1: she's such a great student athlete. She's always looking for extra work. Um, I mean, she, she's come to optional practices like this past Saturday, going on, on a Saturday to go um, do some jumping practice with Coach Nickel. And it, it's really – just watching her on the volleyball court as a true freshman, you know, um, coach nickel or a uh, um, jump coach. He's so excited about her. He was like, I can't believe she's only a freshman. The coach chapter says the same thing. And I was like, I know you should, you should wait and wait until you see her play volleyball, you, you know? So um, she's just, she's a great student athlete. She's always looking to get better. She's extremely coachable um, and knows that she has a lot of potential, but there's a lot of untapped potential where she continues to see, I think, you know, we're just at the tip of the iceberg here with Zoe Mayberry, and I would expect to be saying her name a lot over the next four years.
0: I'm wondering, as we're winding down here on the show as well, we're we're talking as we're moving into the spring sports season, and oh, by the way, Wyoming leads the CHL as far as the all-sports trophy goes going into the spring sports season, so that's a pretty cool thing you're in the, dri- in the driver's seat to go get as well. I'm also very impressed by the fact that, Throughout our time talking in this year, the fall, the winter, and now the spring, a lot of the same names are coming up. We're not seeing kids just necessarily focusing on one sport and saying, no, I'm not going to worry about that stuff. I think I've got a shot to maybe play collegially in this sport. I'm just going to concentrate on that, and good luck to everybody else. We talked about Brennan Pagan, what he did on the football field, and now he just threw a no-hitter yesterday on the mound. Zoe Mayberry, you talked about what she did. Uh, in in volleyball and now what she's doing here in in track and field. How are you and your administration and your coaches able to get so many kids to come out for so many disciplines each and every year on top of the production that they're giving you in all these disciplines? It's really cool to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, they really like to compete with their teammates. They like to compete for their teammates um, and, and represent our school in such a great way. And I mean, like a good example would be, you know, Nathan Glisson. He's already signed to go play college football at Marion College, but he still wants to go and run and he's still performing very well. And then you have youngsters like Joel Allen. He's only a sophomore. He's a great football player. He could certainly just focus on that. But he went out and he also was on the wrestling team. um, And then he's also now obviously excelling in, in shot put and discus. And it's just something where they love to compete together. They're always looking to get better. And really represent our school. It's really special. Whatever's in the water here, hopefully they keep they they keep it up because it's really you know a a great place to be.
0: I'm assuming you know what's in the water right there. You're just not going to let the secrets out here on the podcast, and and I don't and I don't blame you for that. Uh, It's it's really cool to uh to see that as well. Uh, Lastly, before before I let you go, one other note here, and this is a real good chance for you to earn some brownie points at home. Uh, you are less than two months into, uh, an, in, into your marriage. Now, uh, we were just t- talking before we started recording, you've got the honeymoon all set up to go over the summer. Thank you to Jan Wilking for allowing Jeff to have the little time off, uh, for that. But before we go here, let's earn some brownie points with the new bride. How's, how's married life, pal?
1: I mean, it's been great. You know, we, we've had a lot of fun, uh, a lot of fun celebrating. I think we, we continue the celebration and, and we have since over the past two months, um, it's it's we're always talking to different people and you know just hearing so many different celebrations because we didn't get to all get together because of COVID for the wedding um yeah so it's kind of been nice to continue that on and and, um just hear from a lot of great people a lot of great support and you know things are great we're happy so it's uh it's definitely great hi Kayla I'll go ahead
0: and 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 shout it out right there (laughs) Good work. Good man. He's 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 already he already knows what the right things to say, folks. And uh, certainly and certainly certainly knows all the right things to say here when it comes to your uh, student athletes and your coaches as well, because uh, uh, this is a really good start to the spring season. And uh, really what I'm looking at, just really a launching point for what is potentially to come in this spring sports season. Absolutely. Thanks, Jason. It was was really great. uh, Great getting back here, man. Yeah. Really good to get back into the swing of things and have a spring sports season to talk about there. Our thanks to Wyoming Assistant Athletic Director Jeff King for joining us for the spring sports season premiere of This Week in Wyoming Cowboys Athletics here on wyomingathletics.org and ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports.